entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for non-stop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. For today's episode, we're going to go back to one of the first episodes from the Broadway Buzz series. And in that episode, we spotlighted really blockbusters that had played the Palace Theater. We heard music and talk about Jersey Boys and Newsies. In today's episode, we're going to do, I guess you can say like a sequel, and I'm going to be talking about the shows Mamma Mia and also Book of Mormon, two blockbusters that have played the Palace Theater. Let's start off with the musical Mamma Mia. And anyone who lives in Connecticut should not be a stranger to the show. Not only did it have a record-breaking run on Broadway, it has played numerous venues around the state, including the Palace Theater. So for those people that do not know about Mamma Mia, it is a jukebox musical written by British playwright Katherine Johnson, and it is based on the songs of ABBA. And ABBA had two primary composers, Benny Anderson and Bjorn. I'm going to say Bjorn U because my Swedish is not good and I do not want to butcher his last name. And these were two members, the male members of the band. You also had two women, and the initial from their first names equaled ABBA. The title of the musical is taken from the group's 1975 chart topper, Mamma Mia. The musical includes such hits as Super Trooper, Dancing Queen, Knowing Me, Knowing You, Take a Chance on Me, Money, 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 The Winner Takes All, Voulez-Vous, SOS, and of course, Mamma Mia. Over 65 million people have seen the show around the world. It has grossed over $4 billion since debuting in 1999. You've also had two films based on the musical. In 2008, you had a movie that starred Meryl Streep, Colin Firth, Pierce Brosnan, Christine Baranski, Julie Waters, and you also had a sequel in July 2018. As of last year, 2020, the show has had productions in London's West End, where it is the seventh longest-running show in West End history, as well as various international productions. The show opened on Broadway on October 18, 2001, and ran for 14 years. It is the ninth-longest-running show in Broadway history, the eighth-longest-running musical. As I said, Mamma Mia! is based on the songs of ABBA, and that group was active between 1972-1982, and ABBA is one of the most popular international pop groups of all time. It's topped the charts everywhere. Europe, North America, South America, Australia. The group has sold over 350 million records around the world. Well, why don't we go to a song from the show, and there are so many to choose from. How about if we go with the title song, Mamma Mia!
Well, I'd love to stop and chat, but I have to go and clean out my handbag or something. Age does not wither her. I was expecting a rather stout matron. Nah, she's still Donna. From the musical Mamma Mia, that was the title song. So how does a show like Mamma Mia come together? Well, the idea of stringing these songs together in the context of a dramatic plot with only a few changes in the lyrics originated with Judy Kramer, and she was the executive producer of the London production, and it was the song The Winner Takes It All that suggested to her the theatrical potential of the songs from the group ABBA. Kramer had been producer of the London production of Chess, and that was a musical by the two writers for ABBA, and it had a book by Tim Rice, Tim Rice known primarily as the lyricist for Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals like Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita, and that show Chess flopped on Broadway. Hit in London, big, big flop on Broadway. After Chess, the two members of ABBA were hesitant about working on another musical, but eventually Kramer persuaded Katherine Johnson, a leading British playwright, to write a book for a musical that got their approval. I call it the musical we never knew we'd written, said the members of ABBA in an interview. The songs fit so well as if they'd actually been written for the show, and that's what we wanted. Interestingly, various reviewers have noted a similarity in the plot between Mamma Mia and the 1968 film Buenosera, Mrs. Campbell, and previously that was adapted into a 1979 musical entitled Carmelina, and in the movie, you had three ex-GIs find they have been paying child support to the same local bell played by Gina Lola Brigida. Some reviewers have even claimed that Mamma Mia is officially based on that film. Critic John Simon speculated that Mamma Mia is set in Greece and not Italy, which might have fit in better with the musical's title, in order to make the connection to the film less obvious. However, playwright Johnson has denied being inspired by the film Buenos Aires, Mrs. Campbell, and she not only denies any debt to the film, but that she says she wanted to emphasize her independence to it by setting the action in Greece. Let's get to a few more fun facts before going to another song from the show. So Mamma Mia has played in more than 50 countries on six continents. And let me just list a couple. I'll just pick them at random here. I have a huge list. So we have Australia, Belgium, Brazil, the Czech Republic, Denmark, France, Hungary, Iceland, Lithuania, Japan, New Zealand, Panama, uh, Qatar, Singapore, so many different countries that the show has played in, and it set a record for premiering in more cities faster than any other musical in history. Well, let's go to another song from the show, and how about we go to the song Dancing Queen.
was Dancing Queen from Mamma Mia. So my research for this podcast, there was a section of the material that was entitled Thematic Analysis. So we had a student back in 2011, Diana Bilbo, who was a student at Mount Holyoke College, and in her senior thesis entitled Female Subjectivity and Feminist Aesthetics in Revisions of the Maternal Melodrama. So she wrote, Mamma Mia has also been celebrated for its feminist overtones. The musical features strong female protagonists living in a strong female power community. Writer Naomi Graber wrote, The theme of single motherhood breaks the family stereotype of a child being raised by both parents by showing a different perspective of a family raised single-handedly by a mother to show that there can still be happiness and love. Having Donna, her two good friends, and her daughter Sophie as the main strong female characters of the musical, it can be seen as an empowerment for women as it celebrates and caters to the rise and liberation of female in the society, female sexuality. It refuses to shame Donna for her promiscuity and because it asserts that women should prioritize following their goals and enjoying their youth over marriage. The show also celebrates female friendship and undermines the importance of fathers in a woman's lives, prioritizing self-actualization and the role of the mother instead. Librettist Katherine Johnson manages to express these themes through her transformation of Abba's music as she turns these somewhat stereotypical songs into empowering ones by having characters of different genders sing them. Okay, I guess when I was watching the show, I wasn't thinking of anything like that. I was just enjoying the music and the show. I've seen it many times, always enjoy it. Not a big fan of the big, let's say, uh, audience dance-off at the end where all the characters come back in their platform shoes and their disco outfits and lead a sing-along. I remember I was at one production, and I knew this was coming. I was like, okay, this is not for me, and I, I left early. I think I was the first one to leave the audience, but out in the hallway, they had actually <laughs> taken a rack of the disco clothes for the performers to change in. So they're out in the lobby changing, and I was sort of walking by, uh, I think I acknowledged, good show, and I left while they were changing for that big finale. Well, we're gonna continue with the Broadway buzz and the musical The Book of Mormon after this short break. Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones. Whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love, Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. Welcome back to the Broadway Buzz. My name is Stuart Brown. We are focusing on blockbuster musicals that have played the Palace Theater. So we just heard Mamma Mia, heard a couple of songs from the show. Let's go to our second musical, and that is The Book of Mormon. 
and the Book of Mormon is a musical comedy with music, lyrics, and book by Trey Parker, Robert Lopez, and Matt Stone. It was first staged in 2011. The play, if you have not seen it, is a satirical examination of the beliefs and practices of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. People always ask me about the show and, you know, should they see it? Is it worth seeing? And Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the creators of the program South Park. And I really give as a litmus test, do you like South Park? Is it offensive or not? If people go, no, South Park is not for me, then I say, then I don't know if you're going to like the Book of Mormon. If you love South Park, then you will like the Book of Mormon. The musical endorses the positive power of love and service for the church. Parker and Stone, like I said, are best known for creating South Park. Robert Lopez had co-written the music for the musical Avenue Q. The storyline for the Book of Mormon follows two Latter-day Saints missionaries as they attempt to preach the faith of the church to the inhabitants of a remote Ugandan village. The earnest young men are challenged by the lack of interest from the locals who are distracted by more pressing issues such as HIV AIDS, famine, female genital mutilation, and oppression by the local warlord. I'll talk about this more after our first musical break, but in 2003, Parker and Stone saw Avenue Q, and after seeing that, they joined forces with Robert Lopez, the musical's co-writer, meeting sporadically for several years. I always find it interesting how musicals come together. It's not like in the old days where, let's say, Richard Rodgers and Lorenz Hart would have a show on Broadway every single year. Nowadays, and even back when Avenue Q uh, played on or first came to Broadway, we're talking, what, almost 20 years ago, it takes years for these shows to get into development and finally make it to Broadway. Now, Stone and Parker grew up in Colorado, and references to the church had been commonplace in their previous works. For research, the trio took a trip to Salt Lake City to meet with current and former Mormon missionaries. Beginning in 2008, that's when the developmental workshops were first staged. The show opened on Broadway in March 2011 after nearly seven years of development. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints responded indifferently. However, later on, they did purchase advertising space in the playbill for the show. The Book of Mormon garnered overwhelmingly positive critical responses, set records and ticket sales at the Eugene O'Neill Theater. The show won nine Tony Awards, including Best Musical. The original Broadway cast recording became the highest charting Broadway cast album in over four decades, reaching number three on the Billboard charts. The show has grossed over $500 million, making it one of the most successful musicals of all time. The show is currently the 14th longest-running show in Broadway history, and that includes musicals, comedies, dramas. It has played over 3,700 performances. Well, let's go to a song, and then we'll get back to more information about the show. And so many great songs. Let's start off with my favorite song from the show, and this is Two by Two. Do you have any idea where they're sending you, Elder Price? Well, of course, we don't really have final say over where we get sent, but... I have been praying to be sent to my favorite place in the whole world. Well, if you prayed for a location, I'm sure Heavenly Father will make it happen. You're like the smartest, best, most deserving elder the center's ever seen. Aw, oh, come on, you guys. The most important time of a Mormon kid's life is his mission. A chance to go out and help heal the world. That's my mission. 
Soon I'll be off in a different place Helping the whole human race I know my mission will be something incredible Elders, form a line and step forward when your name is called Elder Young Yes, sir Your mission, brother, will be Elder Grant that, That's me! Hey, brother! And your mission location is Norway Oh, wow! Norway! Land of gnomes and trolls! Your mission is our sacrifice. We are the army of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Two by two, and today we'll know who will make the journey with and where we'll go. We're fighting for a cause, but we're really, really nice. We are the army of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder White and Elder Smith. Oh, I knew we'd get paired together. Your location will be France. France, land of... Pastries and turtlenecks! Two by two, I guess it's you and me. We're off to preach across land and sea. Satan has a hold of friends! We need to knock him off his perch. We are the soldiers of the army of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder Cross and Elder Green, you will be serving in Japan. Oh, Japan! The land of soy sauce! And Mothra! Elder Harris and Elder Brown, Father, where will I go on my mission? Will it be China or old Mexico on my mission? It could be San Fran by the bay, Australia where they say g'day. But I pray I'm sent to my favorite place, Orlando.
from the Book of Mormon. That was two by two. So I had mentioned before that the cast recording was the highest debuting or highest charting cast album in over 40 years. Well, now with digital, the cast album was available on iTunes. And when it was released, it became the fastest selling Broadway cast album in iTunes history. And according to Playbill, it's a rare occurrence for a Broadway cast album to place among the iTunes best sellers. So let's take a closer look at the development of the musical Book of Mormon. Both Matt Stone and Trey Parker had worked in the musical genre before, primarily with the musical South Park and also in the 1997 musical they created for the show. And that was the musical South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. So that was 97. 2003, they went to New York to discuss with the producer Scott Rudin their new film, and that was called Team America World Police. And Scott Rudin had suggested the duo go see Avenue Q because that show also used puppets, and you had marionettes in the film Team America. And it was at that show that they met both Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks, who had worked on Avenue Q, and Lopez actually said to the duo that their South Park movie was very influential in the creation of Avenue Q, and they began to talk about this idea for a musical involving Joseph Smith of the Church of Latter-day Saints. So now we go to 2006, and Parker and Stone flew to London, where they spent a couple of weeks with Lopez, who at that point was working on the London production of Avenue Q, and they knocked out a couple of songs, and again, more with the development of the show. Robert Lopez worked to workshop the project and what's interesting is both Parker and Stone were clueless when he was talking about that because they were more TV people with South Park and movies and didn't really understand about workshopping shows. So in the workshop you have people that might be in the final production or just are sort of passing through. So you had Cheyenne Jackson was in one of the workshops. Benjamin Walker in Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, he was also in a workshop. And these workshops range from 30-minute mini performances for family and friends to much larger scale uh, renditions of the production. Hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent. So now we go to February 2008, a fully staged reading, this time with Benjamin Walker and Josh Gad. Josh Gad making, in a sense, the final cut. You had uh, Andrew Rennells and Josh Gad as the final stars of the show. When the musical opened, it received broad critical praise for its plot, score, the performances, direction, even choreography. You had Vogue magazine calling the show the filthiest, most offensive, and surprise, sweetest show you'll see on Broadway this year, and quite possibly the funniest ever. The New York Post reported that audience members were sore from laughing so hard. It praised the score, calling it tuneful and very funny, and added that the show has heart. It makes fun of organized religion, but the two Mormons are real people, not caricatures. 
However, not everyone was in praise of the show. There are accusations of racism and a couple of interesting comments here. And I guess when I saw the show, I wasn't really thinking about it. But now reading this and looking at the show, I I really can understand what these critics are saying. And you even wonder, could the Book of Mormon even be mounted in today's world? So you had Janice Simpson from NPR, and she noted... The show doesn't work unless the villagers are seen mainly as noble savages who need white people to show them the way to enlightenment. She further criticized the depiction of African doctors as well as the references to AIDS and female genital mutilation. Max Perry Mueller of Harvard wrote, The Book of Mormon producers work so hard to get the Mormon thing right while completely ignoring the Ugandan culture. The blog The Aid Leap noted that, The gleeful depiction of traditional stereotypes about Africa, dead babies, warlords, HIV, etc., reinforced rather than challenged general preconceptions and the Africans are just a background to the emotional development of the Mormons. Cheryl Heisted, an attorney, wrote in an op-ed piece in the Baltimore Sun criticizing the show. She stated that most reviewers have not mentioned the blatant racism in the show, points to a subtler issue, a pervasive anti-Africa bias to which white Americans have been inoculated so thoroughly that few seem to have concerns about the show's portrayal of Africans. The response of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to the musical has been described as measured. The church released an official response to inquiries regarding the musical, stating, The production may attempt to entertain audiences for an evening, but the Book of Mormon as a volume of scripture will change people's lives forever by bringing them closer to Christ. Interestingly, Josh Gad was asked in January 2015 if he had met Mormons who disliked the musical. Gad stated, in the 1.5 years I did the show, I never got a single complaint from a practicing Mormon. To the contrary, I probably had a few people, a dozen, tell me they were so moved by the show that they took up the Mormon faith. Well, let's go to one more song from the show, and this is the opening, Hello. Hello, my name is Elder Price, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. Hello, my name is Elder Grant. It's a book about America a long, long time ago. It has... So many awesome parts, you simply won't believe how much this book can change your life. Hello, my name is Elder Green. I would like to share with you this book of Jesus Christ. Hello, my name is Elder Young. Hello, did you know that Jesus lived here in the USA? You can read all about it now. Hello, in this nifty book, it's free. No, you don't have to pay. Hello, hello. My name is Elder Smith, and can I leave this book with you for you to just peruse? Hello! 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 I'll just leave it here. It has a lot of information you can really use. Hello! Hi! My name is Jesus Christ. You have a lovely home. Hello! It's an amazing book. Bonjour! Hola! How? Me llamo Elder White. Are these your kids? This book gives you the secret to eternal life. Sound good? Eternal life. It's super fun. Hello. And if you let us in, we'll show you how it can be done. No thanks. You're sure. Oh, well, that's fine. Goodbye. Have fun in hell. Hey now. You simply won't believe how much this book will change. This book will change your life. This book will change your life. Hello, we 
Would you like to change religions? I have a free book written by Jesus! No, no, Elder Cunningham. That's not how we do it. You're making things up again. Just stick to the approved dialogue. Elder, show it! Hello! Hello! My name is Elder Cunningham! And we would like to share with you this book of Jesus Christ. Hello! from the Book of Mormon, and that was Hello. You've been listening to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for non-stop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me on our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place.